Welcome to episode 589 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Right, team, welcome along to episode 589 of Iron Talk with Coach John Newsom and Bevan James Oz. How you going, mate? I'm pretty good. Got your summer gear on? Summer gear. Summer's arrived in Christchurch. Summer has arrived. It was pretty warm yesterday, wasn't it? It was. Toasty this morning? Yep. We're all happy. It's happy time. Do you go trick-or-treating tonight? No. What if, what if the kids want to? put a ban on this year. <laughs> and we've got a funeral today, so it's kind of... Probably won't be in the mood. No, probably not. Fair enough. That's a good call. Uh, I'm Talk is proudly brought to you by... Athlinks.com. Social networking for endurance athletes. Extreme endurance. Your lactic buffer. And our patrons. And let's name a few. John, take your mic a little bit closer. Push it forward a little bit. Just yeah. Richard Speedwalker Swan, who I think is off to the New York Marathon. So if you see anybody walking around the course out there, that'll be old Speedwalker Swanee. <laughs> well, I did see he was in Houston the other day on Strava. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking he must be there. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep, that's good to see. We've got Peter, the Explosion Curry. That's probably one of the best nicknames of all time. Yes, and as another good nickname, Michael Schwizzle Pizzle. Schwizzle Pizzle. Okay, in this week's show, we've got some news. We've got a discussion of the week slash statistic. We've got age group of the week, Coach's Corner. What are we talking about, John? Well, it's not actually me being the coach. We actually got a, a guest coach in the house sort of doing some follow-up on... Oh, have you interviewed him? No, no, no. It's, uh, we've got... Jenny, 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 Jenny Robinson. She's sort of, we're just talking a bit about going back to the old ice or not and, and recovery techniques. She's a doctor, so she sort of changed things in her practice on how they advise recovery from injuries. Okay, we've also got Winger of the Week questions and answers at the end, and then it'll pretty much be the show, John. It's little news time. Little but quality. Little but quality. We had the exterior world championships happen over the weekend, and I read the article about it, and... Uh, who was the guy who took it out? It was. Bradley Weiss. Bradley and Weiss. he was saying he's pretty happy when he got out of the water. He thought the Hawaiian guides were on his side because normally his swim lets him down. He had a comfortable swim, felt pretty good and got out of the water and he was actually with the top guys. Yep, he put in a good solid race. So for you guys that don't know how long the you know, the race takes these guys, they're going out uh, 1920 for the swim. So open water, non-wetsuit And what's 1500, is it? Yes, I think so. Yep. Uh, and then the bike takes them one hour, 20 minute, 28 minutes for the winner. And the run it's is... It's 40k. No, it's not that much. Uh, actually, I'm not quite sure what the bike distance is. Okay, you check it out. Yeah, okay. And then the run takes around about 40 minutes. So the winner went uh, 19.20 for the swim, 1.28 for the bike, and 41 minutes for the run. For a total time of 2 hours 32 for one minute victory. That was Bradley Weiss took the win over... Mauricio Mendes and Ruben Rezava was in third place. So those second and third were uh, your usual top contenders, but it's the first time we've seen Bradley Weiss uh, take out the race. Impressively, we talk talk about Daniela Reef and how dominant she is in iron distance. Because of the length of the race, you know, the the time gaps are, are big, but I'd love to see percentage-wise Flora Duffy how much she's been crushing the opposition this year. So she absolutely destroyed everybody. She uh, won, she had, I think had an eight-minute lead off the bike. She ended up winning by, I think it was about six minutes or so. Uh, she finished in 13th place overall. She was only 40 seconds behind Ben Hoffman, obviously he did Ironman, but you know, she's in front of some pretty handy 
dudes and finished 13th overall with a <clears throat> massive victory back to Barbara Riveros. So she is just killing it. First time female four-time winner and equal with one of the previous male winners for mm. four-time winner as well. So distances wise, 1.5k swim, they've got a 32k bike ride and then a 10.5k run. Yeah. So they had 756 finishes, so good sized event. And uh, who needs a, another excuse to get to Hawaii? So it's held over on Maui. Have you, you've never done it, Sarah, have you? No, no. Uh, would you like to? Wouldn't mind, but. They've got, they got the one in Monica, haven't they? Is it part of Mototapu? Yeah, Mototapu, yeah, quite a long one. Um, yeah, my mountain biking's pretty woeful. But well, the, the, the Monica one wouldn't be that challenging because it's. No, it's not. No, because it's very much just like roads, isn't it? Mm. Mm. They also, this isn't something that's really big now, but it used to be quite big, probably sort of back in the Peter Reid days and the uh, Tim DeBoom. Quite often you see a number of guys going over there and doing the double. So they had the Outrigger, Outrigger Resorts double where I believe they combine your time oh, from okay. Ironman with your time from Xterra. I'm pretty sure it's based on time, in which case uh, there was only really two guys in it. You had Ben Hoffman, uh, he did 8.19 in Kona and then did a 2.47, he finished in 12th place and he would have beaten off Braden Curry who only managed an 850 in Kona and so whilst he finished in front in the exterior champs he finished in 7th place which is pretty respectable given he'd done Kona what two weeks before yep. uh, he was the only other guy that I could see couldn't see any pro girls that had actually done the double this year so wait a second is there actually a, a prize for that I'm sure you must get something from Outrigger mm. Outrigger the restaurant Outrigger the hotels Oh, of course. Yeah. What, what's the outback? Outback. Have you had the oh. onion there? No, I've never been to an outback. Oh, you got to, well, Next time in the states, go to an outback right. because and they have this onion thing, which they basically chop open an onion, fry it up. It's not good, but no. it's good, John. Yeah, it is good. Okay, we also had some other races on. We had Challenge Sardinia. Yep, and we saw Vincent Hernandez. So he's a short course guy, uh, one of the top Spanish, and it's a bit like the UK. If you're one of the top Spanish, it doesn't necessarily mean you're that high in the Spanish mm. rankings, but you're very high in the world rankings. So he took that out. Uh, I believe it would, might have been his first half-distance race of, of note. And Heather Wirtle had a good old battle there with Laura Sedal and beat her off by just under a minute, by 50 seconds. So, yeah, I guess that's coming towards the end of the challenge season. I did note that Joe Skipper posted something on Facebook. I'll have to find this out. Uh, for next week's show that I think he finished first equal in the series uh, overall in oh, the, okay. the challenge series not sure who's taken out the girls I would imagine it's probably Laura Sedal or otherwise Heather Wirtle but one of those two would have taken out the series I'm sure but I'll see if I can find out about that for next week because it was, wasn't was a massive cash bonus but it was worthwhile doing oh for sure and when we talked to um, Heather Fuhrer when we were in Road was it Heather we talked to? No, no Heather Wirtle. Mm -hmm. You know, there was definitely influenced her season. Mm. You know, like a few of these athletes who are good athletes are going. You know what? If we kind of pick our races wisely, mm -hmm. we can actually make some extra money on the side. That, you know, it tops up our year. John, we've got an athlete trying to go for the world record seventy point three this weekend. Yes, yeah, so he's a guy called. Are you find his, his name Mike is Mendoza. Mike Mendoza. Yep. And he is going out there trying to do as many half Ironmans in one year as he can. I got a little bit fired up about this. Here um, we go, fired up. <laughs> just, just a little bit because he's doing fantastic work. He's uh, uh, an ex-Marine and he's going out there and fundraising, which is absolutely fantastic. He's he currently had, raised about 27000 And he had a bad accident himself and, and really used the sport to get himself back together. Um, so the article's on Triathlete Magazine and he has going to try to complete 
that in a single year, the most 70-point triathlons. He's already broke the non-branded race record last weekend at 70.3 Miami. He's now 24. And this weekend in Austin, he'll look to break the official 70.3 record. If he finishes, um, he'll hold the record of 19 70.3 branded races. Fireman Bob, who was over in wrote. We interviewed him, didn't we? Uh, you may have done. I didn't. Okay. Um, Rob Verhelst uh, previously held the world record for the most half distances and non-branded races at 23, while James Lawrence, the cowboy, is tied with Mendoza for the most official 70.3 finishes at 18. Uh, by the end of September, his goal is uh, to set a new stand of 26 races and raise $25,000 for the Semper FI fund where funds go directly to supporting injured and ill veterans and their families. The thing about this is, and big respect to Mike, but the amount of cost to do something like this. It is, it does, it does say somewhere in there, it is self-funded um, yes. to do all this. So yeah, big cost. Massive cost, man. Just think of your injuries. Mm. You know, then, you know, like anytime you go away for a weekend, if you're going away for a weekend to do a decent race, you're probably dropping 500 bucks mm. at least. <laughs> For a cheap race, yeah, you know, then you put a WTC mark in front of that. You at mm. least drop in a thousand, mm. at least. That's if you're doing it on the cheap end. Mm. So you know, like if you're doing twenty seven, you're probably dropping fifty k on it. Mm. Well done, big effort, John. As you were talking about this, because when I first read this article, I kind of thought world seventy point three record. What's the fastest ever seventy point three? I know we're going to say courses and all the rest of it. Yeah, I think that's going to be a bit of a crappy. I know, but it's interesting, it's not a mark, you know, we all talk mm. about the Iron Distance world record and the Iron Man world record, but when we actually think about, we, 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 that number's never really out there, is there? No, no, I, no. I and and, and, and we, with the Iron Man, it is, you know, we still courses and all the rest of it, but mm. it's funny that, like I even just did a Google search, you know, Iron Man, 7.3 world record, and it doesn't seem to be a place that's got the fastest place. Mm. So maybe if anybody knows the answer to that question... Let us know. John, next up on the list here is what coming up this weekend. We've got Ironman Florida. It's a non-pro race, so good luck to all the athletes racing it. And we've yeah. got a few 70.3s. Yeah, about three, as usual, Florida's a big race. About 3,000 age groupers out there racing. It's and, crazy, uh, isn't it? It's your chance to go and get a super fast time. No drafting, everybody. No drafting. <laughs> I don't want to have to lambast you all like I did with the people from uh, Barcelona after seeing some of the footage over there. So... Stop the drafting. It's a uh, rolling start, so there is no excuse, really. No excuse. Rolling start. Okay, go on. We've got Camp Kiakaka coming up next year. If you want to come along, it's going to be an absolutely mind-blowing experience. You've got the camp, which is awesome. Everything's kind of covered for you on the camp. You've got legends coming along for you as well. You've got a great bunch of people all training towards the same race, and actually the camaraderie is often the best thing about it. Mm. You get to all the race beforehand. You get your entry to race the challenge road and also it's the year Collins Collins Cup's going to be on there so in any way it's probably going to feel more Kona like than ever yeah we've got to get a Collins Cup update I think um, next month because they were sort of earmarking around November time to hopefully have a few more things signed sealed and delivered so definitely want to go and get a Collins Cup update but yes Bevan it is life changing so if you want to come go to imtalk.me scroll down to the bottom of the page front page front page and then there's a, a link through there and that's got all the camp information Okay, John, our sponsor 
Tell me about my joints. Extreme endurance joint four. Not the kind of joints I had an impsit in. No. No, different kind of joints. Four fast acting and natural ingredients for joint health. Joint four is a scientifically based formula of four proven ingredients support the nutrition of joint synovial fluid, cartilage, and connective tissue. This unique formula has been helping to reduce discomfort in joints for almost 20 years. So get on it, guys. Uh, Use the promo code. I am talk 20 and look after your joints because if you can do that, you are going to be able to train more consistently and then you're going to get faster. So check it out, xendurance.com. Especially for aging athletes. Mm. You know, like especially, you know, one thing that for the aging athlete who's done a lot of impact, it's, you know, your body is wear and tear. It's going to come mm. to you. So if you can kind of, you know, be proactive around something like this using like a joint four, prolong your career or at least your, your impact career mm. you know it's really important so check it out xendurance.com is the place to go and it's discount code promo code I am talk 20 there you go and that's a promo code that you put in and you can say because I listen to this show okay John we had a good discussion last week so the discussion was how to deal with cheats and uh, we've got a lot of a lot of kind of thoughts on this yes, one yes we, we did but I was it not wasn't, happy. did it was, you hear this tone did you hear yeah. that tone we did, but it wasn't quite the angle I was. I, the way you worded it wasn't. No, it's quite, my fault. Quite what I was after. I was more thinking. Here's what you had. How do you deal with cheats? <laughs> what I'm did I? <laughs> Look at there. That's what that was. The... Sorry, I apologise. So don't point the finger at me, young man. What I was trying to get at is how you deal with cheats. As in, you know, if you know, if you some, if you're in that situation where. Oh, so like, let's say a mate of yours has cheated. Yeah, or or you know there's some cheating going on. How do you how do you deal with it? So if you'd heard that, you know, straight after you'd finished in Kona, and you'd heard there was, you know, the these um tri the 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 flotation shorts that were being plucked out of the toilets, you know, how would you feel about that, and how would you feel towards the competitors who perhaps did that? Okay, well let's answer that question with you right now. Rob Harper kind of picked it. Rob, you must be uh, a mind reader for cheats who are age groupers. I most feel sorry for them they must have had some serious self-esteem problems to think cheating neoprene shorts course cutting even doping is the answer to their problems and we have got you know in terms of the other posts on here we've got a whole bunch in terms of you know chopping people's balls off <laughs> uh, things like that brian felon's got at my signal unleash how he's got the the gif life you know life bands um uh, some people are sort of saying public ousting, um, outing, sorry. So Matt Mor- um, Moran agree with the public outing, but why is, but why is it that a sport like sport like golf has such an honours system, and most other sports don't? What's what it's golf a, to? Well, you kind of, I mean, at a, at a top level, some guys do get called out, but it's kind of an honesty system. You know, if your ball moves and nobody, oh, else, isn't a game. nobody okay. else sees it, you say, sorry, my ball moved, I've got to take a penalty shot. It's funny, but cycling, you know, has f- stupid rules like that. Like if someone has a flatty, that you kind of let them put right back up to the back. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And there have been races where people will actually slow down because if something happened to a mechanical or something, mm-hmm. and then they're all full of cheats. Mm-hmm. You know, so they've got this, <laughs> it's, it's funny, isn't it? How yeah. there's certain kind of, it's almost like mob rules, isn't there? Mm-hmm. The mob has its own code of ethics, which says you know there's certain things you don't do in the mob mm. but hey kill anyone you want <laughs> you <know? laughs> yeah. and, and i think in triathlon by and large we're all a pretty friendly bunch you know you see people sharing drinks you see even pros sometimes handing off drinks to to each other it was to kate, help kate each other. um with chrissy remember years ago um that was the aussie girl yeah. what was um, name, kate wasn't it and uh, no it was not but i can't girl can't remember her name she, she was really strong for a bit she had a really great rope didn't she mm-hmm. mm. do you not want to read any 
So yes, we can. You can. We, we, I guess Arnold's some. got um, child rapist gets ten to fifteen years in jail and then stepped back into our society. Uh, calling for a life plan leaves no room for redemption and does make little sense. Drug treats four year ban followed with two years probation pairing, wearing an orange suit stamped drug treat at the races, drafting five plus one uh, k loop five minutes plus one k loop. I like the one k loop. They did I, them. In terms of a drafting penalty, that is hands down the best in my one, opinion, isn't it? The absolute best. Uh, punishment is to have the penalty plus a 1k loop it would make a massive difference to the way that i raced wrote and did it really yeah uh not that i'm calling myself a cheat wow. but i'm going to be riding at very close to the distance the the legal draft distance if i get the opportunity to do so um but in that case it was like i'm, I'm not i'm going an extra three meters back from where i think i should be um because there's no way i want that and was it a k it was a k and wrote, wasn't it and you have to yes. do it in the run. Yeah. That was the thing. It's not just an extra car on the bike. You could do it in the run. That was it, a strong motivator. Yeah, it, it is a. It probably should be put across the board in the sport, really, shouldn't it? Because mm. it's a, such a big deterrent. Because an extra K on the run really costs you. Mm. you know? And it, I don't know, just mentally, if that's it, it's a 10-minute penalty, I still think... That having that extra run made it just yeah. just made it so much worse. I well, don't want to run is rest, isn't it? Mm. Whereas running longer really suffers. Paul Yoda, my grandfather, always said, uh, "The judge of a person's character is not in their darkest moments, but in how they respond to their darkest moments." If a person mm. cheats, serve their time, suspension, etc., and acknowledges and apologises, yes, that simple. Um, then we should recognise that. We're all humans, forgive them and move on. And one does not honestly recognise there were an a-hole not take. I can't remember, read the rest. Okay. Alicia Francis got wearing neoprene shorts in the swimming Kona this year. Name and shame them. That's obviously going at the person who sent us the email, although they didn't know. Doping test more athletes more often and keep current rules. Then assess how effective this approach is before making changes. Course cutting and bike motors. Current rules and social media seems to discourage repeat offenders from coming back. Drafting. Current penalties are fine, but uh, all bike courses should be 1k loop. Also additional chevrons. What's that? At various points on the courses to help competitors, oh, must be like, like markers, so you, okay. know, you know the distance. Uh, littering on the course, make them go back and pick it up. Unzipping the suit below the sternum should carry no penalty. Yeah, that's a stupid one, isn't it? Well, I think he's having a go there at uh, Patrick, Patrick Langer. Did he, did he get a penalty? Did he? he didn't get a penalty, but his technically, I believe, you cannot have your zip done below a certain point, and technically, apparently, he did. Nobody, I think, people were saying it in jest, okay. but he and technically could have been penalised. Okay. Uh, Daniel Frost says, "Hung, drawn, and quartered, head on a spike in transition." Mm. <laughs> well, so again, I was actually reading another one. So, what hung, is it? Hung, drawn, and quartered, and head on yeah, a spike yep. in transition. That's that's my that's the angle I'm going for. Rob Brace says, "Send them to North Korea and have King Yong Um <laughs> deal to them." <laughs> Matthew Brin's got level of cheating requires appropriate punishment, monitoring, and management. Some examples could be drug ban, uh, drug cheat ban, course cutter, three race ban, and monitoring, Reports, repeat course cutter ban, drafting, penalties, current penalties are sufficient and manageable. And the list goes on. Global management of this is the key. At present, there are different athletes who have copped a ban in their own country for drug cheating and one serial offend course cutter who are racing in the Middle East and Europe without consequences. Everyone needs to be serious about stamping this out, or just it's just a farce. Ben, what are you thinking? If if you if you knew that you know, say you finished 
tenth in your age group in Kona, for example, and you knew there was it's a real funny three guys in front of you that cheated on some level, whether it be drug taking, wearing neoprene shorts, um, whether it be beyond blatant drafting, like proper wheel sucking. How would you feel and how would you deal with it? Maybe even you saw it out there on the course. Oh, maybe you saw the neoprene shorts and they got into the toilet. Yeah. Um, the thing I wonder, John, is there's also social stigma about being a narc. You know what I mean? Like, you know, like, no, you know, you're kind of being a narc is, you know, for those if it's different terms, the person tells on others. Um, if I was trying to win my age group in Kona, but what can you do with drafting after the race? Maybe not so much with drafting. Maybe these other, other offences like the neoprene shorts or a few. The problem is, is where's the proof? Mm-hmm. You know, if it's just my word. DNA testing, Bevan. Oh, on your, like, on your, oh, on your shorts. Of, there's probably a lot of other people's DNA on that, uh, on those shorts, though. <laughs> Everyone pooed on those shorts. Yeah, it's a, it's a really hard one, isn't it? I would I'd like, be gutted and you'd be pissed off like you wouldn't believe. Mm. But what can you really do? I would love to get, uh, maybe, you can go get us a psychologist to come on the okay. show. Yeah, I'll call and try to him. understand how Dr. Phil? cheats actually think. Because I don't get it. I'm like, why would you blatantly... Blatant. I, I kind of understand people that are drafting because you kind of it's a it's a fringe rule. Well, there's a fine of, line, isn't there? You know, you we we all probably push the limit. And you can but then there's the, the world suckers. Everyone else is doing it, so I'm going to do it. Yep. But in terms of just blatant, either drug taking or using neoprene shorts or, or something yeah, like consciously that. going into a race with the choice to cheat. Yeah, I just I can't understand it. And a bit like Rob Harper said there, I kind of feel sorry for them. I mean. You know, you give them a ban, then they'll probably just go off and do another sport. But I'd I'd rather actually figure out how you can help them actually see that they're being wrong rather than just go, oh, you get a life ban, they're not going to care about that um, because they know that they're probably... Yeah, the shaming, the shaming work. Wrong. You know, like I know in the past but I've seen... They're, they're, they're probably, probably feeling maybe mentally un- unstable a little bit and public shaming is, you know, that might be the thing that tips someone over the edge and yeah. sends them off into a life of something else. So I'd rather figure out why the hell they do it and what we can do as a community to try to make it so people don't want to cheat See, the difference and, and help them. With the everyday age grouper, like a pro, I, I'm not condoning cheating at all. I think you're ruining the sport when you cheat. But it is their career and there is a money option that comes with it. Mm. And so if I, if the difference between me taking drugs means I'm going to get 100k extra a year, it's it's totally wrong, but you can kind of see it a little oh, bit more. Absolutely. Whereas the age grouper, if you're just cheating... Why are you doing the sport? Mm. I, I really don't know because... As I said, that's why we need a psychologist on here to try to figure out why people are doing Okay, Especially if they're... I, I, I'd be very, very surprised if uh, have those you cheated? Sh- shorts... When have you cheated in life? We've all cheated once in a while. When have you cheated? I would certainly say I've pushed the drafting boundaries at times, especially in my younger career. <laughs> but in terms of actually doing something where you But even outside of triathlon. Cheating. Like playing board games or something like that. Like Everyone's cheated once in a while. No, never, 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 <laughs> never, never. I sometimes cheat to lose with the kids. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 you could do that, you could let them win. So, there we go. If you know anybody, anybody knows any good at a psychologist who might be able to help in this area, I'd be really interested to try to understand the mind of a cheat. When I was a kid, I would cheat in games and stuff, but the thing for me is nowadays as someone, like, the problem when you cheat is you lose opportunity to learn and grow, you know, because it's looking for an easy way out. And so really, as I look at my own self-development, my own evolution, the thing I want in life is to see where I need to grow. So if I cheat, I actually, 
I do a disservice to my, I do a disservice to those around me because I take away something they've earned. But also, I've, I lose an opportunity for me to think, oh, that's where I actually need to be putting more work into my development. So for me, nowadays, cheating and also the challenge, mm-hmm. you know, like I like it when, you know, if I lose, I, I think, oh, the challenge is trying to get better. So for me, you're just kind of actually, you're not just hurting those around you, you're hurting yourself as well. I think you cheated in the last Aquathon, uh, Wetsuit Aquathon Challenge in Kona, didn't you? No, no. I, I was robbed. Robbed. Because, oh, bloody, who was it who pulled up early? Um, it wasn't Ar- No, it wasn't Arno Sulikov. I can't remember who it was that won. No, it's Paul. Yeah. Paul, he pulled up early. Right. He didn't know where the finish line oh, was. that's right. And you gave the medal to him. <laughs> I didn't cheat. Paul, know your finish line. <laughs> bloody hell. I should be a two-time winner. Paul finished up early. No, I haven't cheated in that race. Although, well, actually, John, I may have jumped the line a little bit. Yes. <laughs> so, so, so there you go. Yes, I, I'm a, I'm a Always dirty. go on two. Chop my balls if off. If you're a race, this is one, tip of the week. <laughs> yeah, John used to cheat in every race. If you're a race director or someone starting a race, never do a 5, 4, 3, 2, 1 countdown because <laughs> people are going on two. John Newsom's going on two. <laughs> That's where I've cheated. So wait, you're going to get your balls chopped off and your head on a stick. Okay, there we go. Um, this week's discussion, John. It's a discussion slash statistic. Oh, you, you're going to do the homework for us. So basically, Speedwalker Swanee, who's en route to... Swanee Noah. ...doing some speedwalking over at uh, the New York Marathon, is... He sent through, there's a, a New Zealand marathoner called Dale Warren, where well, he used to be a marathoner called Dale Warrender. Pretty sure he went to the Olympics, so he was he was good. You know, he's probably one of our fastest marathoners. I don't know if he was fastest of all time. Um, I doubt it, but he was a very good runner. Anyway, he put, apparently put some post up there saying New Zealand's fastest marathoners of all time. And Swanee thought, I wondered how this ranked for New Zealanders uh, in Ironman, especially after the weekend where uh, we've had you know Terenzo went well in Kona, and we've also had Mike Phillips and Terenzo both go well uh, in races around the world this year. So what Swanee did, he went off and went to Hawaii and in terms of the Hawaii results and was trying to figure out the fastest three Kiwis in in Hawaii and he got uh, Terenzo this year went 8.13, he got Cam at 8.19 in 2005 and Cam also did have some other placings there as well with reasonably good times, wasn't quite sure on the third one, oh the Philinator he chipped in with, uh, he was thinking Paul Amy might have been third, I was thinking potentially Scott Balance. Is this in Kona? Mm. So the f- fastest three times by different individuals. Yeah, because in Cam would have the, Cam the, would have several yeah. in there. Yeah, and then he went off and did. Uh, it, I did note that he only did this for the females, for the males. The males. So we should do this for females yeah, as well. Uh, then he went to Ironman New Zealand all comers. So that's uh, people who have male. Ironman athletes, any races around the world. And we had Terenzo in first with a 7.51, Mike Phillips in second uh, in a 7.52 that he did recently in Barcelona. And Cam, who did 8 hours and 12 seconds, which I think was in Melbourne. And then his third category was at Ironman New Zealand. So that's our homegrown Ironman race. He had Cam Brown with an 8.07, Callum Millwood with an 8.10, and Bevan Doherty with an 8.13. So... What I was thinking was, you guys can go out there and do the work if you're keen to produce a bit of statistic information. If you're in the UK, you don't need to do this because John Leveston will have the official list. And I will say, those names that I just read out, that they are Swanee's names. If you've got a correction on that, feel free to send it through. So um, go out there for your country and tell us who are your fastest three people that have ever been over to Kona, um, your fastest three at your 
main or your longest standing Ironman race. I know that in might your be, country, yeah, it might be a bit hard for America to sort of designate which one that is. You'd say Kona, wouldn't you? You would probably, yeah, yeah. And then, um, and then your fastest three uh, at any race around the world. So your course course record holders. As I said, if you're in the UK. Don't do it because John Leveson from Try 247, uh, he has the official list for the British and Iron, um, iron Distance records. And uh, yeah, a few surprising names amongst this. Uh, well, let's do it because we'll talk about other countries next week. So who's 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 here this week? We had a quick pause. We're back because we had to click on some links at try247.com. And I'm doing the girls and John's going to do the boys. So the fastest females, which is going to be pretty obvious. Who do you think it is, John? Mm, I'm just going to have a stab in the dark and say Chrissy Wellington. Have you you seen them? The females? Uh, I have had a glance. Okay, so number two. So Chrissy's fastest is 18. All of the fastest. Yeah, but but if we just see the three. Then uh, Rachel Joyce. Yes, so Rachel's fastest was 8.42. What about third? Uh, let me have a think about this. Maybe oh, Lucy Charles? No. Oh. And, unless she's gone faster than that recently. Okay. Kat Morrison. Ah. 4848. We haven't heard from Kat Morrison in a while, have we? No. Maybe she's retired. And then in Kona for the girls. Oh, you do the boys. I'll pull this one up. So, Poms for the fastest of all time. We have uh, Tim Don with a 740.23, which is the. Second fastest uh, iron distance of all time. Distance t- of of all time, and bear with, bear with, bear with. Bevan, I'm just navigating. Well, I'll pull up. The, I'll pull up the, you, the the men in Kona. It's David McNamee, uh, Tom Lowe, and Harry Wilshire. Mm. Those are the top three. Now, David McNamee's got three of the top five, and then in Kona for the girls, you've got Rachel Joyce's second, Christy first, and Lucy Charles's third in Kona. There you go. And then you know, who's second and third in boys? Joe Skipper is second with a 756.23, and Will Clark is third with a 759.02. Will Clark is also fourth as well. So Tim Don, Joe Skipper, and Will Clark are your top three fastest iron distance people ever. From the UK. Yes. We haven't got the results there for Ironman UK, but there's your sort of sample for in Kona and fastest of all time. So do your homework, team. Okay, one, two, three, age grouper of the week. John. You yes. do this year, I'll do last year. That makes sense. Roger was, that. Yeah, Roger. We're going to do what we did last week. So last week in Age Group of the Week, we looked at every age category from the Ironman World Championships happening a couple of weeks ago, and we compared them from last year's. What was happening with the times in the different categories from this year to last year? And we went through all the different age categories. So, And, and the rationale for doing this is I was really keen to give these people a bit of love that bloody won their age groups. Holy smokes. Rock. <laughs> Just looking at the first age group, the 18 to 24, we'll get to that. Uh, but also to give you a bit of a comparison in terms of the weather conditions. And it was really variable last week, wasn't it, for the females? Yeah, it really was. I'll go first this year. So I'll go first last year and you see if they beat them. Mm-hmm. Okay, so last year in the age group of 18 to 24, Hans Christensen, Christian Tung. Hans Christian Anderson? <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a bit like that. Tungsville? Vic, maybe. Um, 9.26. Can't see his name anywhere there. So this year, whoa, man, we've got a seriously long name and is uh, beyond a dojo domination. Luis Fernando Pelscatra Rabinai went 9.02.13. Wow. Second place was 9.34. Wow. <laughs> that is massive, isn't it? Luis needs to go pro. 
I think he does. Yeah, that's a good. Yeah, he's, well, he's forty forty first overall, so yeah, he's 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 knocking on the door. But he's young. He's young. He's young. Okay, and then we go twenty five to twenty nine. And in my last year, Nathan Shearer did an eight. Got sub nine eight fifty eight. We 44. interviewed Nathan. Did we? Yeah. Oh, good stuff. Australian. Uh, and this year we went Antoine Meachin in nine oh one thirty. Okay, in uh, the 34, 30 to 34 category, we had Lucas Kramer. He took a 8.55 last year. Can't see his name there this year. Uh, Guillaume Montoisi was first in 9.04.38. Do you know what's really interesting? Is last week when we talked about this, there was a lot of crossover of names. Mm. So far in the first few categories, we haven't seen that. No. We haven't really seen any names, even in the top five, that I'm kind of keeping aware of. Yeah that have come back and done better or in the same thing. So Christian uh, Haupt is 9 hours and 35 seconds last year, and that's for 35-39. And he defended his title. Oh, well done. Good work. So Christian Haupt, uh, what he he did last year? Uh, Just over 9 hours. This year he did 8.55-28. Because I think he did 9.33 or something. And I'm pretty sure there was only a couple of guys that went under 9, and they were both in this age group, 35-39. to So second was Lars Peter Stormo in Nine eight fifty nine oh nine. 59 09 okay and the age group of 40 to 44 Daniel Stabatsky he did a 9.03.25 okay. he's quite a regular winner Dan Stabatsky yeah. he was only managed 5th place this year but he has won Kona numerous times him and Sam Guy they yeah. were a bit further down this year this year it was Martin Kurt Handoff in nine hours and forty three seconds. And that, that Javier Gomez we talked about, he was in this category last year as well. Oh really? Yeah. Uh, f- forty five to forty nine in the men's category. Just waiting for my internet to go. Um, is Bev McKinnon? He took it out in a nine fourteen, pretty close race actually. So he only won by fifty five seconds. I think he got it in the run too, didn't he? No, he was fading in the run, but he held on. Yep. He had an axe bike, so he did a four fifty one. Really strong bike and held on to get the win by basically a minute. That would have been a good little challenge. Well done, mm. Bevan. Uh, I know he wasn't racing this year, I don't think. No, he wasn't. He, no, he was over there. Right. But yeah. Uh, so first place this year was Marcin Konowinski. Sorry, that name's terribly pronounced. In 9.18.43. 9.18. Okay, that's pretty good. Uh, Bent Anderson did a 9.18 in the 50-54 category. Can't see his name. I've seen consistent theme here. Yeah, not, really, not many people coming back. Uh, this year in the fifty to fifty four, Christoph Lemery, nine twenty three thirty one, winning by over ten minutes. Uh, Gerard Butchler, he did a ten oh two and it's in the fifty five fifty nine. That's last year. Can't see his name anywhere there. Wolfgang Schmitz took it out nine fifty two. 35 and it was a dojo domination winning by 23 minutes over Frederick Sultana. Nice work. Rodolf Van Berg had a dojo domination last year and he did a 9, uh, sorry, a 10.33 and it's 60 to 64. Jeepers, that's good. <clears throat> We're going to have to come out with a new term as well. If you, if you, if you, he hasn't quite got the hour victory here, but I, I reckon an hour, minutes. pull the pants down. Yeah. You pull the pants down if you yeah. get an hour. It's a down trial. Yep. We haven't quite got there this year. It's 50 minutes. Rob Burrell, who we know, been on the Legends of Triathlon show, oh, 60, 60 to 64. So he won the ITU Worlds as yeah. well as organising it. And this year, and then he's gone over to Kona and he swam 58, rode 505, and ran 336 for a 946, winning by 50 minutes. So 946 at 60 to 64. Yes. Whoa. And I remember Melina posting on Facebook saying, That's the new standard. <laughs> that is impressive, isn't it? Yes. Jeepers, creepers. Yeah. It's 60 to 64. And that's the thing, you know, I think when you, as you get into those ages, 
your run is really going to start to deteriorate yeah, um, quite time. significantly. So Especially like a, a guy like Rob, who's been an athlete his whole life. Mm. It's different if you picked up the sport at 50 and you know, you've just got a bit of a kind of athletic ability and you haven't really impacted your body your whole life. But he's clearly managed to maintain his swim and bike. You know, a 58 swim and a 505 bike is uh, very solid. So what did he run? Uh, 336. Still decent. Decent, yes. In your 60s? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not disputing it's not decent in your 60s. But, you know, compared to where those guys were running when they were young and, you know, fast um it shows the difference between the top guy doesn't it mm. you know because you look at all these age group categories so i'm looking at last year the, in the 65 to 69 well i'll go back to 60 last year so what was 60 last year so the winning time last year in the 60 category was 10:33. so he beat that even by 30 45 minutes well, similar this year second place was 10:38. okay so you know these guys are bloody good athletes to get top five in kona you're a, you're a rock star mm. but it shows the the kind of the um the pedigree of a real top athlete who mm. was pro in their day, like Rob Burrell was one of the best in oh, his absolutely. day, you know, and even 30 years after the fact, mm. or 25 years after the fact, just still, it's just another level, isn't it? So pretty impressive stuff. Okay, 65, 69 last year, we had uh, Guan Marco Toroni, and he did a 11, 23. Oh, he would have won by a long way this year. Rick Simpson took it out this year in Eleven fifty-four by six minutes. Well, right here only won by five minutes last year. And yeah. seventy to seventy-four, we have Hans van der, B- van der Linden. He did just under thirteen hours at twelve fifty-nine. This year, Simon Butterworth, uh, twelve twenty-nine. Oh, fifty-eight minutes. Oh, victory. just about the down trail. Didn't quite do the down trail. Uh, right in that age group, so that's the seventy to seventy-four. This year, we had. 25 finishes. Okay, and last year, let me probably go back to that little link there, John. Last year, oh, we had a lot more. Uh, it doesn't actually have, uh, we had, oh no, sorry, we had 23. Sorry. Uh, and then in the category of 75 to 79 last year, we had Fidel Rotando, Rotandando, maybe, uh, 13, 18. This year, Fidel Rotandaro, is that the same guy? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, he pulled everybody's pants down. Oh, did he? He did 14-17. Second place was 15-38. So a lot more competitive last year. So a couple of guys sub-14 last year. One was 13-34 uh, and one did 4-45. And then in our last category of 80-84, one guy, and it is Hurumu Indar, Inda, maybe, and it's 16-34. 49 just got on that 17 No, we only had one participant in the 80 to 84 this year. He only got partway through the bike by the look of it, uh, Tamita Setosori. Um, and I do have the 85 plus here. I wonder if there's anybody in it. This year? Yes, we did have an 85 plus, but he also did not make it through the bike. Hiromo Indana. Yeah, this is the guy who won it last plus. year. Oh, okay. So he got, got there with 10 minutes to spend last year. So I'd be, I wonder if we had an 85 plus finish. Yeah, I don't know. I bet he was probably going to, going there to try to that is try crazy. To make it. That is crazy. That is mental. It is crazy. Think of the eighty-five-year-olds in your life. Well, this thing. I'm going to a funeral today of my wife's grandmother, who's a little bit older than that. She was ninety-one. I'm thinking, man. Yeah, man. That's crazy. Doing an Iron Man. Yeah. Very impressive. It really is impressive. Now, one thing that I found when I was actually going through this that I thought was quite interesting was the number of participants. So I, I got these results not off the Ironman page, they were off the Sports, uh, Stats. Sports Stats page, which is a timing company that does it. And uh, so I thought, my, my initial thought here was, well, I'm going in, in you know, journalist mode, oh, investigative reporting John Newsom, here. he's got his, uh, is, his journalist cap on. Highly 
skilled work that I was doing here. But I was just interested to see how the numbers compared to last oh, year in terms issue, of participants. So this year on, again, this is an official, this is off the Sports Stats website, didn't go through and thoroughly check everything. They had 2,460 participants, of which 697 were women and 1,791 were men. Of note, I looked in there and there was 90 did not starts. A lot of people. I mean, of course, people get injured, but it's quite a high percentage of people not starting the race for whatever reason. Mm. Thought, wonder what it's like. Wonder what it was like the last year, and also looking at maybe the women ratio. Um, last year, there was exactly the same number of women, six hundred ninety-seven, but there was only twenty-three hundred and seven participants, so one hundred and sixty less. And basically, all men. Mm. Previous year, um, there was 2,297, so only a few less, so 10. But then we go through the years, 2014, there was uh, 2,112. 2013, there was 2,066. 2012, there was 1,900. And 2011, there was 1,800. So between 2011 and 2017, we've seen an extra 660 slots added onto that course. And, and actually, 200 women, basically 220 extra women to that. Hmm. So I guess it's not so much around the, I wasn't really looking at it, the, the percentage of females racing mm. in the end. I was just thinking, I keep finding an extra 150 slots to put on that pair somehow every year. Yeah, they really Not have every it. year, but uh, quite a big increase, I thought. Well, basically 100 a year. Mm. And, you know, it's gone from 1,800 to 2,400 in six years. So, yeah. And then prior to that, sort of prior to 2011, it seemed like the numbers were relatively stable around, well, we went back to 2007 and there was about 1,800 there and the same number in 2011. But yeah, it'd be interesting to see if they keep managing to find extra spots out there because there's more races out there. They're throwing some uh, entries away, you know, like candy in terms of some of these bonus ones to try to promote races and the numbers just keep going up and the course seems to be getting more crowded every year. But we don't get many complaints. About the course crowding. Mm. Oh no, you hated it. Yeah, no, I've. I've yeah. But you know, like post race, how often do you hear, oh, the course is too crowded? You're a few. Yeah, yeah. I understand what you're saying. Yeah, well, like it's not a big topic that's out there, but is it? It's not like that's the thing everyone's complaining about. Mm. Maybe the split starts helped it a little bit. I do think they've got to go towards split starts more, um, even age groups maybe, but. You know, and and I, I think we're probably going to see it in the next few years because look at what's happening, you know, extra 600 people in six years, so 100 people a year, or if they keep on that trajectory, something's got to change. Yeah. You know, it'll be really interesting to see if it just stabilises next year or if we see another increase. Yeah, yeah interesting times. Okay, John, let's put some music on. Coaches Corner. Corner, and it's not really John's the coach today because we have a good listener of the show, Jenny Robinson. We interviewed her, didn't we? Did uh, we interview Jenny? I'm not quite sure. Okay, I don't know who we've interviewed, but we, she's been doing a a study and around kind of what's happening off rice really is a good way to kind of lead into this piece and really what's maybe the new way of thinking around this. And she basically said to her after our interview with Gary, who says his last name. 
Gary Renai. Renai. It was clear that the acronym Rice needed to be retired. It was simply made up by Dr. Merkin all those years ago and it is quite plainly wrong. In the endorsements of my primary message, movement instead of rest to treat an injury would be appreciated. So she sent through an article, and I'll put a link to this article. Well, it's a paper, it's a scientific paper yeah, that she's so actually written, and that, that's sort of, you know, been going published. off published and, and, and looking at what other research has been out there. So I've, I've actually put a link to that in the show notes if you want to kind of read the article as well. But let's talk about it, John. So initially, when yeah, she was summarising uh, Dr. Jim and Phil Wharton in the Wharton's stretch book. They suggested the acronym MICE to replace RICE. So rest is replaced with movement. But of course, that still does yeah, ice. have ice in there. Um, they encourage immediate but gentle restoration of active range of motion with gradual introduction of functional activities. They note that inactivity shuts the muscle down, blood flow is restricted and the tissue atrophy follows. In contrast, activity improves blood flow which brings oxygen and removes metabolic waste. So they've gone, as I said, from rice, rest, ice, compression, elevation to mice, so movement instead of the rest. But wait. There's more. There's more. Let's and move we, on to we, move. We also do have to stress that Dr. Merkin, who did come up with rice, has actually said... Debunked it, hasn't he? It wasn't quite right. Yeah. So, he kind of said he just made it up, didn't he? Yeah. That's what Gary was saying. But God, I, I've actually got to go and do a first aid course shortly. and I'm, It's going to be a bit painful, me being the dork in the mm. corner. So no, put, yeah. when, when they say rice, this is what you've got to do. I'm going to go, well, actually, Scientifically. <laughs> actually, you're, you're the teacher and I'm the student, but you're actually wrong. <laughs> That, but unfortunately, that's what's going to happen because it's going to take generations for this to actually make any change because you go ask 95% plus of the population out there what you should do. They're going to say rice, aren't mm, they? Mm. Yeah, oh, definitely. So, it's been drained into us. Mm. So, um, But mice needs altering, says yes. Dr. Jenny Robinson. The resulting vascular restriction from cooling not only reduces tissue oxygenation with necrosis, if extreme, but inhibits the inflammatory response needed to initiate healing. So anti-inflammatories is also, and anti-inflammatory uh, medications deserve equal caution. Professor James McCormack uh, confirms there is no evidence non steroidal anti-inflammatories improve the outcome of acute sports injuries or reduce swelling. And we do have to stress with all these um, encouraging movement and so on, if it's a, um, a bone break or something like that, that's slightly different. Don't go know? running if you break your bone. Don't body. go running on, on that. But the recovery from that, then, then there's a lot of points in here. So Jenny's come up with move. Movement, not rest. Um, options, very options for cross-training, which is great for triathletes. You know, if you can't necessarily go running, then you can do aqua jogging or you can do some um, walking or you can do cycling or you can do some strength uh, and conditioning work. Um, so that move and then options offer different options for cross-training. V very re rehabilitation with strength, balance and agility drills and then E, ease back to activity early for emotional mm. strength. So in the article she actually talks about what, what she does now so she's got excluding fractures, cord or catastrophic injuries I get patients moving post-injury and doing a range of motion exercises in, as soon as possible. For foot and ankle injury I recommend drawing the alphabetical for toes for knees, stationary bike flow tension for shoulder injuries, pendulum pole walking and Nordic ski for neck pain, rows and um, 
what's that one? Elliptical. Elliptical, yeah. Uh, for back pain, walking, swimming, and yoga. For lower limb fractures, water running and seated weights. For upper limb fractures, walking and recumbent bike. I use minimal, I minimize use of braces, splints, and shoulder slings and encourage physiotherapy to maintain range of motion and surrounding joints for casted fractures. Ice is out. I reserve anti inflammatory for inflammatory um, arthropods. Pathories, maybe. Uh, patients can choose. Use compression if it believe if you believe it works. <laughs> That's an interesting. Yeah, it really point. was really interesting. Because so, you're saying compression, it's really a placebo thing. If you think it works, it works. That's what's saying. I'm, I'm going to try to get. She's given me a few suggestions on people we might be able to interview around that because um, I'm a frequent user of nutri- uh, of uh, compression. I use it for my calves. Yeah, um, but that's the thing. Does it actually work? Yeah, and she's kind of saying, if you think it works, well then get them to use it. Um, I prefer calf pumps exercises, walking and cross-training. Light strength and agility exercises can start straight away. I permit resumption of training and practices as soon as the patient is strong enough with gradual easing back to full participation. I suppose, John, the question I have, and maybe, um, Jenny, is she a listener of the show? Yep. Okay, so Jenny, you know, like, for the every, like, I've pulled my hamstring. Now, it's not mm-hmm. bad. Um, I'm kind of just managing it. So I've pulled back a little bit from the running, but I've been getting a bit impact up. Mm-hmm. You know, lots of strength, a little bit of flexibility. When when do you get when do you use this just for the everyday person with a small injury like me? Or when do you go, you know, you need to go see your doctor or a physio? Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I think one of the like a lot of people will have similar things to yourself. You know, it might be a bit of a, an Achilles strain or a little bit of swelling there. And, and as an experienced athlete, I know my body now. So I know this hamstring is probably a, a week off at high heart impact is probably going to help it and doing strength. And so I kind of learnt how my body can get back on top of this. Mm. Um, but I think a lot of people will just stop and not do anything. Yeah. And it might be, you know, recommending doing some, as you said, some, some basic strength and conditioning work or, or getting on the bike and just keeping things moving. I think that's a big area where a couple of big areas we've made errors in the past is obviously the icing we think it was working and it was helping ease the pain but it wasn't actually helping the recovery um and often that just that rest you go okay i've got an achilles problem i'm not going to do anything for a week i'm just going to give it complete rest whereas we should actually be out there doing doing cross training and getting on the bike and and this is probably one of the things that i'm concerned about with this new information is that a lot of people are probably going to Mm self-diagnose and do incorrect decisions but then if we're going to people who are maybe aren't up to date with the latest information they're going to give us the old advice mm-hmm. and so really probably the thing you want to do if you get injured is try to find local people in your area who are a little bit more up to date with this kind of new thinking because well, I've seen them a link to this article before yeah, like, you are well, that's the thing the only thing also there's no mention of heat mm-hmm. you know like um, you know because when we talked to Gary he was quite big on heat wasn't he mm-hmm. you know so I wonder what Jenny's thoughts on the heat as well so Jenny if you're hearing this maybe come back to us some answers on those questions anything else you want to add John no it's it okay let's get into my first try who's the wanger of the week John wanger of the week this week we're going for category number seven and that's based off random.org that's not Bevan and I playing favourites with anybody no random.org is saying total duration oh this the, here's the big ones so total duration oh we've got Tim Tansley from the UK the 10 sessions the 24 hours and 5 no 29 hours oh, 29 hours one one day and 5 hours oh and okay sorry minutes. 29 hours yeah and 10 sessions mm-hmm. 
And Rob Gray, who's over there, I think he, he must be training up for Ultraman, which must be in a few weeks' time. Yep. Uh, he did 23 hours and 38 minutes. It's crazy when you think a day of your week mm-hmm. has gone to training. It's a lot. A day. And the girls, we had Lisa Hughes. Uh, in, third, in third place, we had Brent Johnson, and he was 21.48. And that's overall. But girls, we had Lisa Hughes, Mel, she did 15.01. And then we had Mel, how does that last name, John? Lisa Uri. No, no, no. Oh, Mel Seltiel. Yeah, Mel Seltiel. She did 15, no, 14.59, just under that 15-hour mark. And then Melissa Uri did at 12.30. Go, you Aussies. That's a, that's a tr- female trifecta for the Australians. Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. Oi, oi, oi. You don't like that, do you, John? They've got to have something, John. They've got to have something. They've got to have something. They haven't got the Blue Side Cup. They've got, a gov- well, government, they, hey. they've got a government in disarray, much like us and much like Because they had a Kiwi in their government. country in the world. Hey, our government's doing actually really well, John. We're doing really well in the first yeah, week. People just go spend and just spend and spend and spend. <laughs> hey, <laughs> you students, you can go and have free education. Right. They've got to look after us when we get old, John. Hell. They've got to look after us. Your kids are going to be students soon. I don't care. It's an investment. You pay for your bloody studies. Well, we kids who can't afford it. Well, then they have the support mechanisms in oh, place John. for them. John, you God, just pull the ladder up, John. Bloody you just pull away. the ladder up. Anyway, sponsor! Athlinks.com. So, your networking for endurance athletes. Belinda. Well, yes. So, we, we, we were up in Auckland at the weekend. Yep. And uh, s- race. spectating at the uh, Auckland Marathon. Philanese race wasn't that sharp, was it? It was could have been better. Oh. Uh, but I was trying to figure out when my last race up there was. And the last one, yeah, Belinda. Let me guess. Let me guess. Auckland Marathon was when you did 238. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say that was five years ago. No. Oh, I've got to go to Athlinks. Yeah. You do. Well done. <laughs> that was in 2010. But that is, uh, that's the thing. I'd have to scroll through all those years of results. And the other thing Belinda was trying to figure out was uh, when she did her half marathon. So I plugged Belinda Newsom into Athlinks. She didn't go all the way back to half marathon because that was in Bristol and... God, it would have been about 2002, so the result wasn't there. But it had all her recent results. You know, she, she hasn't got an Athlinks profile, but it had her You just search your name, did you? You just search your name. It had Abel Tasman. It had she did the House of Tra- Travel Triathlon Festival, and she did the race there, and she had one other result in there as well. So, uh, Governor's Bay 10K. So that's the thing. She's going to forget that in a few years' time when she did it and the result, and she'll go, what year did I do the Abel Tasman? She'll sit there, sit there, sit there, and be contemplating. She could just go to Athlinks, save herself a bit of time. Athlinks.com guys, if you aren't on it, why not? Sort it out. Go to athlinks.com and every time you've done a race, you just jump on there, put your results up. You'll never regret it. Because like then, you can go back and see what year John did. What year did you do it? 2010. Was it that long ago? It was. Wow, time flies, man. It does. Because I remember you doing that race. Yeah. You had a blinder. I did. It went well. Did you get top 10? Um, I think with well, Athlinks is uh, 11th, but I thought I got 10th. Yeah, someone cheated. <laughs> yes, someone actually got disqualified. <laughs> That's right. Um, Athletes.com, guys. I would have got eighth this year. This is what they were getting fired up about. I said, I would have got eighth this year. Yeah. But th- th- I'm, I'm not proud of that. I'm pr- I was proud of my run, but I'm like, I, sh- I shouldn't even be getting in the top 20. I should be getting like 50th with that time. It's pathetic. Where oh. are you run- good runners in New Zealand? What are you doing? But is it, you know, like, what, what, what's the fastest times? What did the guy win it this weekend in? 224. Okay, it's not that fast, is it? No. It's fast. For, you know, you're, you're killing me. And I know all our international athletes are overseas doing money races and things like that, totally. But still, there should be more recreational runners, hardcore New Zealand-based runners. But is that reflecting of athletics in New Zealand? It's just reflecting society, Bevan. No, because running's... Look at the number of people doing races. Mm. It's not reflective of society. Society's loving running right now. Like Running events in New Zealand do great. So the question is, the, the top end's lost. Because mm. I remember like in the 80s... 
There was, you know, lots of guys were going under 220. Oh, absolutely. You know, you cross each marathon, you get 10 guys going under 220. Mm. You know, and so so the top end of the sport, and Swanee Noah will have the answer because he loves his running. Yeah. So Swanee Noah, why is the top end of this running? Because participation is not the problem. That's mm, true. You know, it's it's just that top end. So Athletics New Zealand, sharpen up. <laughs> sharpen up. It's also what what's what's fires in the spark of the belly of the of the public. Like right now, it's really interesting in young sport. Basketball's become really big in New Zealand, mm-hmm. and it's a concern for rugby because the feeder of All Blacks coming forward. If there's less people playing, so anyway, it's the sponsor guys' questions and answers. Okay, so we've got an email in from Ben Cobra, and he's just got, uh, Hi, John and Bevan. I came across this article on GCN Show and looked into the website Swiss side. Goes into the latest testing they have done in the wind tunnel and looking at the effect of drafting at a variety of distances, measuring the effectiveness with those specific drafting distances. Looking at also how effective drafting in the 10 to 12 metre distance. It is obvious the legal drafting distance in triathlon also, the efforts on the draft with the lead motorcycle, uh, there basically is such a, a benefit to this. And it basically linked to the article. We'd love to hear your thoughts. So I'd encourage you guys to go and read this article. We'll, get, we'll do a very brief summary of it. And I'll put a link in the show notes. But what they were basically doing is looking at the drag at 45 kilometers per hour in still conditions. So for us age groupers, that's not really... It's not really going to transfer across um, because A, we're not riding that quick and B, chance of having really still conditions isn't uh, that high. That being said, it's still really interesting to look at the results. Um, so they, they measured at a number of different distances at 0 metres, 5 metres, 10 metres, 15 metres and 20 metres. Um, what I think a lot of you people will find interesting is at 0 metres, you actually, the rider in front actually gets a fairly good aerodynamic advantage. You might think, how the hell is that possible? Mm. Because you're riding along, you're the one breaking the wind, and you've got somebody just sitting behind you. But what actually happens is the flow, the airflow that comes off you, then bounces off the uh, rider behind and actually reduces your drag for the person in front. And if you think about that, if you've ever done any bike racing and you've had somebody on your wheel and they've dropped off, you can actually go, ah. Sometimes you might just think subconsciously, oh, I've dropped them now, um, but I'm just starting to hear a bit more. But actually, if they drop off, they're actually doing you a favor. And it's a 4.4% favor, so 10.9 watts. When, uh, if you're the person in front, that's how much of a gain you have by somebody sitting directly on your wheel at 45 kilometers an hour in still wind conditions. So that was interesting. Not very applicable to triathlon uh, unless you're doing a draft legal race. If you're the person behind, you get a 39.5% gain at zero meters. Uh, if you push it out to five meters, then the, the person in front doesn't really get any gain at all, but the person behind is still getting a 50 watt um, gain or 20.3%. Go out to 10 metres, which is you know roughly the draft distance, um, sort of 10 to 12 metres, and you're still getting a 13.4% gain. At 15 metres, you're getting a 10.6% gain. Significant, isn't it? Uh, yeah, so 26 watts. Yeah. Um, and then at 20 metres, you know, the difference between 15 and 20 is not actually that significant. It's uh, 8.9%. So I think that's really just, you know, Telling us what we already know that uh, at sort of that 10 to 12 meters, you're getting a pretty significant gain. So, if you want to have an easier ride, the problem is you can't so have 12 meters. No, you can't for age groupers. No, it's not practical. No, no. 
Mm. So there's always an advantage. So really, if you're a wise athlete, never be at the front. Mm-hmm. In a pack. Yeah, you've got to remember the... Uh, you got to share your load. The point is to get from point A to point B as quick as in, as you can, but also uh, in the most efficient manner as you can. So if you're sitting at 12 metres, or whatever the draft rule is, you're going to get a pretty decent advantage. But then you've got to bank on the person at the front going at the appropriate speed. So it's always a bit of a, you know, bit of well, a that's, game. That's the problem when you're in a pack. Because when you're in a pack, let's say even you're second or third wheel back, you think it's easy. And so you kind of think, oh, the guy at the front, you know, I probably could go faster than them. You get to the front, you go, oh, actually. <laughs> and maybe. that's why you need to have speed. You know, when you're riding to power, speed to a large degree is irrelevant because you're riding to a power yep. output. But if you're in a draft line uh, and you are sitting at 12 metres, you know, you might be, so for an age grouper, you know, here at 10 metres, it's the 30 watt difference going at that, that sort of speed. But for an age grouper, it might be, say, ballpark 15 watts or something like that, uh, 15, maybe 20 watts. So it's still a significant gain. You've just got to be checking your speed as well as your power and uh, sometimes taking a chill pill. So then in that case, do you kind of make that, you know, do you look at an article like that and say to yourself, okay, well, I'm normally, what are you riding nine men in? Uh, in terms of? Power output, 200, 235 watts. Okay, so you're sitting at 235, you get to a pack, and suddenly you're sitting at 220. So you kind of go, yourself, you, know, you know, this is just a draft. Mm-hmm. Or it drops down to two, to 200. Do you start to think to yourself, actually, this is too low, I need to go ahead? Um, so I'd generally be looking, then I'd have uh, on my bike computer, so I'd be having displayed, what I have displayed? I have, uh, on my first screen, I'll have three-second power, lap power, heart rate, and I think cadence will be yep. my my three my four fields that I'll mainly have displayed, and then on my second field um, I'll mix that up a little bit, but I will have uh, speed in there as well. So if I was on a flat section of a course and I see my power dropping, but my speed staying in the right sort of ballpark, then I'll probably chill out for a while and uh, and sit at legal distance because I don't cheat. No, it's at the start of the race. Just yes. one second cheater. That's yes. what you are. You're your one second cheater. Um, so it's a good article, guys. So check it. Yeah. We'll so then, but if speed dropped down too much, you'd know. Yeah. So you actually use speed a little bit more in that moment. A little bit. Yeah. yeah. Okay. We got, and I'll put a link to that article in the show notes. Thanks for sending it through, Ben. We've got Joe Hartwood here, and he's just got. I uh, just talking about the brutal triathlon. He said, "I gave it my best attempt. Swim well. It must have been under 13 degrees. The bike was an epic ride. As my longest ride previously was only 70 miles. Well, you definitely do the training. I absolutely loved the, the lake laps run with its long hill and climb over the waterfall. I left the mountain for the high hopes, but due to Tony Choice uh, in clothing managed to sweat too much and start at, at the start with only 2Ks from the summit I was stopped by a medic with stage 1 hypothermia and walked back down the mountain great race start to finish I'll be going back hell yes that's one of the races that I talked about a little while ago um, it's in the UK just a cool name the Brutal and it was a multi, multi-lap course and uh, it sounded like it was a good test. So if you want a, a non-branded sort of uh, good test over there in the UK, go check it out. We've got our Lucas a Bossman and he's just basically saying he's coming over. He's called the wife to go to New Zealand and, and while he's coming to New Zealand, he thought, well, let's chuck in a 70.3. And he's doing Tapo 70.3, which is soon, isn't it? It's before uh, Christmas, isn't it? Well, it depends. There's one in, one in December and then there's another one in Oh, in, in the March. race day. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Well, no, he's doing the one in December. So he was just wondering, he just... He's they're on his hide. honeymoon and he's going for a race. And he's going to have a, a big uh, sort of mobile home. Yep. And also enough, somebody's got a driveway they can park it in in Taupo. Well, just more, are there places to park your camper van in? There's camping grounds. Around race time. Mm. So we don't know. Close to the venue. I don't know. There is. There's a camping ground right next to it. Is it still there, is it? 
Oh, actually, I don't know about that. That was there when I was racing. Mm. No one said, oh, it's not going to be there next year. <laughs> so um, that was like 2004, John. There's plenty of campgrounds. So you can check that out. Um, so if anybody knows, flick, flick us an email and I'll send it through to Lucas. Uh, John, patrons. Stefan, Big Bang, Leonard. Okay, uh, we're going to say Eric, the Resuscitator, and it's Fababo. Fal Babble. Fal And Mandy T. Mac Towler. Good work, Mandy. Okay, if you want to patch on a show, go to dub dub dub. I am talk.me and you contribute to the show. You get a chance to win to come to us with Kona next year. And you're just a good person. Supporting the boys. Simple as that. Jumbo. Uh just lastly sponsors. Athlinks.com. Social networking for endurance athletes. Extreme endurance. Your lactic buffer. And our patrons. And Jombo. Also, you can email imtalkitpodcast at gmail.com. And if you want to get the show subscribed, if you go to our main page, just put your email address in. Each time I release a show, I just email you. So if you want to get that done, you can do that from the front page of me. John, what you got? We did a quick pause because John wants to do an endorsement for an ice cream I shop. Did, I didn't even get anything free. <laughs> so he's, he's, he's showing me photos, like family photos of ice creams. So, so if you go to Auckland, go to this place, Giapo, G-I-A-P-O. And they're based, it's an ice cream, sort of a super gourmet ice cream place. You go in there. What are you paying for an ice cream? Um, 19 bucks. Okay. Well, that's um, actually pretty good considering what you got. They're big. They're but it is proper, yeah, it, very... Very good. When, when Joe and I went to Thailand, I think it was, they had a place called Swenson's, and Swenson's is very much like that. And with Thailand, it's so cheap. Mm. And we end up having one every day. Mm. We became addicted to this stuff. So there you go. That's What's your favourite ice cream, John? Uh, salted caramel. Salted caramel? Mm. If you were to do a triple a triple mix of ice creams, what would you go? Salted caramel? Yep. <laughs> uh, probably maybe cookies and cream. Might not quite yeah. go together. And... I do like a good bit of vanilla from time to time. Ah, Just a really good bit boring. Of vanilla. Okay, what's your, what are you going for, big boy? Oh, I'm going strawberry. Oh, oh it's fake. It. Fake fruit. No, no, no the real good ones and they have the strawberry bits in it. I'm talking high. I'm talking this place here. Mm-hmm. I'm not talking bloody tip-top here. Okay. You know, I'm talking the proper, the tip real top, deal. If you want to sponsor the show, that's okay. Yeah, I do <laughs> like a tip-top. I can't complain about it. I, no, I do like a tip-top. Uh, I would go cookies and cream as well. Mm-hmm. do like a cookies and cream. And then my third one. Oh, Snickers. Have you had a Snickers ice cream? Mm. Oh, yeah. caramel, uh, this is peanuts. A, I'm getting into my bloody ice cream endorsements now. The other one was Wooden Spoon. That's really good stuff in New Zealand. If I was going to get three scoops. I haven't had get, Wooden Spoon. Oh, you got to go get a bit of that. The, they probably have vanilla. No. they got like Movie Night and all these fancy flavours. It's what, pretty good. What's a stupid name for a flavour? <laughs> <laughs> what's Movie Night? What do you have when you watch a movie? What is it, popcorn? Yeah, Popcorn that's covered in chocolate and all this sort of stuff in there. Okay, I, I'll admit my vanilla was 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 a bit of a boring flavour. I oh, see. Joseph's I, in the background and she's got you. You got Swenson's every day. No, baby, you got it too. She's in the background. See, <laughs> so, <laughs> so she just texts me. Uh, what was that? Um, the, I probably wouldn't go the vanilla if I had lots of choice, but I do like a nice bit of vanilla flavour. Yeah, I'm with, I'm with you, but it's never your first choice. Yeah. Snickers. Oh. Because you know what it really does, John? It really satisfies. It really satisfies, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what else do you get to in Auckland? So I just ate a lot of food and that was about it, really. <laughs> really? So, Phil's racing, you're eating? Yeah, it was uh, not particularly. Go out for productive. dinner? Went out to dinner, went to Oasis for dinner. Is it good? It was good. Ate a bit of ice cream, went for a couple of runs. And, uh, yeah, you run and did you run around the waterfront? waterfront? I love that run. Mm. That's a beautiful run. And just a bit of spectating. 
didn't get any envy or fear of missing out because I'm not in any sort of shape to run. So. Oh, I thought you were running. I thought you'd go fast. Yeah, we're <laughs> trying, but yeah. I had to do a few tailwind one case to make myself feel better <laughs> the other day. <laughs> I was like, I didn't have any plan for this run, so I sort of just went running and made it up on the fly and thought, what should I do? I'll do a few 1K run. I need to do a few hard 1Ks just to bloody kick my ass into gear. And so I sort of timed them so they were tailwinds. So I sort of did a, did a 310, thought that's okay. Faded a little bit for the next two, but they were slightly tailwind assisted. Oh, that's gold. Mm. Um, what's happening in your world? Well, I did my last long run before my race. I did 26Ks with... I was meant to do 16Ks at half marathon effort, so I was mm. trying to sit around between 345, 350s. Mm-hmm. And I was feeling so good, I just ended up doing a whole half marathon. So I did one eight, I did a high 118. Change your plan, then you hurt your hammy. Yeah, I did actually a little bit. Silly a little boy. Bit, just a little bit. It's actually not too bad, but I haven't ran since. So, um, But I only need to do 125. Mm. So I'm, I'm... Well, I'd like to do... I, I want to pace it around that intensity, and because with that run on Friday, I still could have gone way harder with 5k to go. So mm. you know, definitely lots left in the tank. So I'm feeling pretty good with my running, although just gotta get this hamstring right. Uh, I bought the new iPhone. I bought the 10. Oh, really? Well, look at this one. Look at it. Look at it. It's it, <laughs> if we're doing an iPhone comparison. Yeah, but I've broken my screen. Yeah. I shouldn't have upgraded the OS. Have you upgraded the OS? Yes. Did it kill it? Uh, I don't really use my phone that much. Uh, the new always killed my phone. It's yeah. painful now. So I wasn't going to buy it because we're getting we're getting screwed in New Zealand, John. Big time. Screwed. Because if you buy it in America right now, the 256 one, about, I think about 12, 1150 I think it is US, mm-hmm. which is about 1600 New Zealand. Mm-hmm. New Zealand, 12, 12 no, 2100. Pay two thousand dollars for a phone. Yes, it is, John. You are a moron. No, I'm not. The only thing I'd spend money on, I, I never spend money. Yeah, I don't. I never spend money. I spend money on a good piano. And I'm thinking about buying a new piano, <laughs> but uh, a good piano, and that's about it, really. Piano lessons. I spend yeah. money on piano lessons. Mm-hmm. Things I want to grow in, and things that I love in life, I'll, I'll spend good money on. My iPhone is my most used device in my life. Mm. I'll use it for three years. Basically three dollars a day. You just keep justifying it to yourself. Three dollars a day. Three dollars <laughs> a day. I'm quite happy to pay three dollars a day for a device that I use for way too many hours in a day. <laughs> so that's that's my cost. Other than that, John, we had a porno's dessert party the other night, mm-hmm. and this year we made a wiser decision because mm-hmm. in the last few years it's been desserts only. It's a good idea until you get to your third dessert. Right. Just to get a little bit sick, John. Yeah. What's your favourite dessert? There's no ice cream there. Oh, there was. There was some vanilla ice cream. <laughs> ice cream was there. <laughs> yeah, there was. Favourite dessert, excluding ice cream. I do like my mum's pav. That's probably Mum does right a pretty good pav, does she? Mum does a good pav. What's the key to a good pav? Crunchy on the outside, reasonably soft on the inside. A little bit of stickiness? A little bit of stickiness, yeah. Yep. Yep. Do you like a lot of cream? A lot of cream. I love a bit of cream. <laughs> love. Do you like Christmas pud? Yeah, I'll eat it. Oh, this is not this good. I love Christmas cream. What was the number one dessert there? Well, the thing is, so we had a, this year what we did is some couples did savoury, some did sweet. And it was a good choice. But everyone nailed the desserts. Mm-hmm. Seriously, there was not a bad dessert in place. What did you contribute? Well, well we did a savoury. Well, Joe, right. Joe did a savoury. We did a savoury. <laughs> Joe did a savoury. But seriously, it was, and, and you put every dessert on your plate. So it was emerging. Mm. Sticky egg pudding was gold. Sticky had banoffee pie. Mm. They had something I didn't even know what it was. It was like a meringue on top. That was good. Mm. There was pav. Mm. Yep, that's pretty good. They had a healthy Crazy. one. The only one I didn't try was the healthy one. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> anyway, John, let's wrap it up. I'm Russ. I'm Mido. Train hard. Train smart. Kia kaha.